Thank you very much. Well, again, it is great to be with you this morning. Excuse me, I've just got to grab my, uh, my phone slash band slash Bible. Who can remember days before these things? I uh, bring greetings from my family. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Steve, but uh, you, may, you actually made us sound like very careless parents when you said our children were scattered all over the country. It's like, where did we leave that one? But now we have five children. Our eldest is 27, living in Geelong, and uh, our eldest son's 23, living in Hobart, and uh, he's married down there. And then we've got three still at home, Aaron, who's 15, Esther, who's 13, and Noah, who's just turned nine. And yes, they are all musical. And uh, Noah actually got, in anticipation of going back to school uh, this week, he got his first bass guitar yesterday. So we're enjoying the beautiful strains of a bass guitar that somebody doesn't know how to play right at the moment. You know, that kind of sound that happens pre-first lesson. It's good. So we uh, have a very musical home and uh, just uh, celebrate our children every day. God is good and uh, family is a blessing. And uh, even if your family experience uh, is something that causes pain, not joy. If you're visiting here this morning, I want to tell you this is family right here. And you can discover in this place love and support and joy and hope. And uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful privilege again to be your guest here this morning. Um, Pastor Steve, did you have that thing that I gave you to give away? You were probably going to do it at the end, but I thought I'd do it right now if that's all right. Um, this is the crass commercial plug in the bookshop. I do have a variety of uh, CDs and uh, download cards and things there. Who would like this? Oh, we've got, our, I can't not go past our 50th anniversary uh, couple, so coming out. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations. What is your name? Correct. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Lovely. I enjoy. Uh, in fact, if you come and see me at the bookshop after the service um, and give me $20, I'll give you the disc. <laughs> it's in there, I promise. She checked. <laughs> I don't know about you, I I've had a challenging week this week. Everything that I planned at the start of the week didn't even get a look in because all it takes is one thing to happen and suddenly your whole week's just kind of gone out the window. I've had one of those weeks. And maybe you've had one of those weeks this morning, I don't know. But you know, so often we make our response to God an emotional response. And I don't know why God in His wisdom when He created us and designed us did this, but what He did was put the seat of our emotion and the seat of our spirituality occupying a very, very close space. And so often... What we think is a spiritual response to God is actually an emotional response to God. And so if we've had a really, really bad week, we can turn up to church on Sunday morning and shove our hands in our pockets and think, I'm not raising my hands for nobody. And we can just uh, have a, a, an attitude that's carried over from our week where we fail to respond to God. Alternatively, if we've had a great week, we can come along and cheer and shout and raise our hands and praise God. I want to encourage you this morning, never rely upon your emotions, 
to be indicative of how you are traveling with God. Because so often we do it. And here's the thing about um, human emotion, and in particular human love. It's kind of like this. We have our good days and we have our bad days, and we have our good days and we have our bad days, and we have our good days and we have our bad days. And this is the story of our lives. That's the frailty and the inconsistency of human emotion. And unfortunately, that's also how we plot our spiritual lives. And we have spiritual highs and spiritual lows. One day I'm close to God, another day I feel far from God. Next day is okay, so I feel close to God again. And I praise God that the security of our faith has nothing to do with human emotion. That the security of our faith has nothing to do with how I actually respond to God. And here is a wonderful scripture, 1 John 4 and verse 10, and this is your security. This is love, not that we loved God, and listen to this, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love, not that we love God. Friends, I want to tell you, you can, you can be in the worst place emotionally and God's love for you does not alter one bit because God's love is a pure love it is a consistent love God is not given to emotional highs and lows aren't we glad of that this is love not that we love God and yes we do love God but the security of our standing with God the security of our position before God on good days and bad days is that God loved us. More than that, that He gave Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for everything that we know doesn't make the grade with God. And us Aussies, we, we suffer from something that I've come to identify as low spiritual esteem. Uh, we understand what low self-esteem is, and perhaps low spiritual esteem is tied into that, but we just think often, you know, and you, you hear it out there when you talk to people about things of God and about church, and particularly if you invite somebody to church that is not used to going to church, you often hear this comment, Oh, if I was to darken the door of a church, the roof would cave in. And, and we have this sense that I'm just not good enough. I, you know, I can't go to church because... I recognize there are issues in my life that just would not impress God. The things the Bible actually calls sin, that people just know, I've got stuff in my life going on, and, and, and I know that that would not be pleasing to God. And so we try to back out and excuse ourselves from engaging in spiritual things or, or thinking about God or going to church. And in fact... Um, Sometimes the Bible is not helpful. Please don't throw things just yet. It's incredibly helpful, but when we don't have enough information, sometimes it's unhelpful. Because we read scriptures like Romans 3.23, which says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I identify that. Absolutely, I know that. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so instead of taking steps towards God, we, we, we retreat. We back out. And I got to thinking, where did this attitude come from? And it's interesting, as I went to the Bible, I actually discovered this attitude 
right back in the start of the story. Pick it up from Genesis 3 and 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So here we have the first moment in history where man becomes aware of their failure, their shortcomings, their sin, all the things that would say if I was to darken the door of a church, the roof would cave in. I'm aware of, of how my life does not match up to God's standard. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, I can accept that. Yes, that is true of me. And so I retreat. I try to hide from God. Adam and Eve tried it. It didn't work for them. And in fact, the Bible tells us this in Psalm 139.7. The psalmist writes, Where can I go from your spirits? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. So the psalmist is telling us, you can't hide from God. You cannot escape God. So we are in a predicament. The Bible tells me for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I identify with that. So my natural response then is to try and withdraw from God, to draw back and hide from God. But now the Bible's telling me I can't hide from God. So what do I do? Well, in my experience, and I've had the wonderful privilege in almost 30 years of ministry to travel to many parts of the world, and particularly with my work with Compassion, uh, I go into a lot of different cultures. And uh, I'll never forget one of the first times that I visited Thailand. We were up in the north on the border of Laos and visiting some compassion projects there. And we had the opportunity just to go and visit this, uh, this temple, uh, which was uh, certainly the oldest building I've ever visited. Uh, it was over a thousand years old. And, and so we went just to see this uh, place that we'd been told about. And as we arrived, there was a queue of people waiting to get in. And, uh, and, and there was a monk at the gate and, and everybody as they arrived uh, were carrying either a bowl of grain or a pig on a lead or a chicken stuffed under an arm and, and they would give an offering uh, in exchange for a tiny little piece of gold leaf. And then they would go up to the side of the temple and rub this piece of gold leaf on. All of this was to earn the favor and approval of God. It was an act of sacrifice to get God's attention, to earn God's favor, to earn His blessing. I've been to other cultures where every family somewhere in the home or in their, in their compound has an altar and every day by way of ritual the family comes out and they again lay some grain or some fruit or whatever it might be on that altar and burn incense. And again, it's to get God's attention. It's to say, Father, well, it's to say, God, here we are. we are. We are bringing a sacrifice to earn your favor, to earn your blessing, to earn your approval. And, and I've I got to tell you, there's a part of me that says that makes sense. Except that the Bible would say otherwise. 
Isaiah 64 and 6, tells us this. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Uh, to paraphrase in the context of what I've just shared, that's a waste of time. Nothing that I can do, no act of good works or sacrifice will ever get God's attention, ever earn His favor or approval in regards to our standing with Him. So with this much information, it seems then it is impossible to have a relationship with God. The Bible tells me that everything in my life, my, 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 all have sinned. I have sinned. I have fallen short of, I think one translation says, God's glorious ideal. I have fallen short of the righteousness of God. I acknowledge that. I try to withdraw. The Bible tells me I can't hide from God. Well, that's a mess, so I better try and impress God. And now the Bible's telling me I can't impress God either. So with that much information, it seems impossible that I can ever have a relationship with God. And sadly, that's about the only information some people have. And I... I can say categorically that would be the case except for one thing. When we could not make a way, God could. And I, I, I want to encourage you this morning, whatever it is in your life that you think excludes you or excuses you from a relationship with God, I want to tell you it doesn't. It doesn't. God knows you and God loves you. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and gave His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God has made a way. And here is one of my favorite scriptures. I, I love this passage from Hebrews 4 and 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Listen to this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may, find, may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love that. Friends, you can be confident to approach God's throne of grace. You can be confident to know that God loves you and God accepts you and God receives you, that God wants to have a relationship with you that impacts your every day. Not because you're good, but because He made a way in Jesus. And, and, and people often do make excuses. Oh, there's so much pain in my life, so much hurt in my life. Look at my past. Or we, 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 we feel the pain inside and we say, God, where are you in the midst of pain? You're on your throne, you know, on the edge of the universe, looking at humanity racing crazily about. And we sometimes have the impression that he's like some kid with a magnifying glass burning ants. And we have this distant mentality of God. And Bette Midler sings about it. God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. That is not the God of the Bible. God is not watching you from a distance. 
And every time we make accusation against God that says, God, walk a mile in my shoes. How do you know the pain? How do you know the suffering? How do you know what I'm going through? He has a one word answer and the answer is Jesus. I do know because you have a high priest, not one who is unable to sympathise with your weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way, just as every single one of us is, yet was without sin. And because of what Jesus has done, because this is Jesus, God Himself, God taking on the form of humanity, comes to know the pain of human life and human experience. He shares in your pain. God identifies with your pain. So there's no excuse that God doesn't know, that God doesn't understand. Friends, He does. And not only that, but He also doesn't hold your sin against you. And there is this beautiful picture that the Bible gives us that when we say yes to Jesus, when we invite Him by His Holy Spirit to take up residence in our hearts, in that God void that exists in every human being, when we say, Jesus, take your rightful place within my life. The Bible gives us this beautiful picture that says, we become clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. How awesome is that? You know what that means? That means that when God looks at me, He doesn't see my sin. He doesn't see my past. He doesn't see all the things that declare me unrighteous, that when Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, God looks at me clothed in His righteousness. God looks at me and He sees Jesus. He sees the perfection of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, whoever you are this morning, that God loves you. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of your past, in spite of your failure, in spite of all the things that perhaps up until this point you think have excused you from a relationship with God. God says, uh-uh, I have made a way. And all we've got to do is reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are here today. Jesus, you are speaking to my heart right now. And I don't know all there is to know about this stuff, but I know you brought me here today and something has happened within me that says, I've got to reach out to you. I need your love. I need your purpose. I need your future. I need your forgiveness. And friends, over and above all else, we need an assurance of eternal life. God, God, God looks across a room of people like this, and He has a timeline stamped on each one of us. And it's not 70, 80, or 90 years. The timeline is eternity, 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 eternity. And this life is just a blink. We don't contemplate eternity, but it's very real. Somebody once said, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think that's God's perspective. And friends, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to miss out on two things. I don't want to miss out on the life God has me now to live. And I don't want to miss out on the eternal place that He has prepared for me, which was the promise Jesus left to His disciples as He left this earth. Now I go to prepare a place for you. A place the Bible tells us there's no pain, no suffering, a place of perfection where it will be just spending every day in the presence of God Himself. What a day that will be. Just invite you right now to close your eyes, bow your heads. Even if you're not in the habit of prayer, maybe it's time to get serious with God. And maybe this is your prayer this morning. Just close your eyes right now. 
God, I, I don't know what there is to know about you. This is all a bit foreign to me, but something's happened in my heart and I, I've never felt that kind of thing before. And just something in me says, this is all, all true. Everything that happened in this place this morning is not about religion, it's about life. Everything that's happened in this place this morning is, is, it just feels so right and so real. And friends, I want to tell you, God says, I seek to save that which is lost. It's not because we've placed nice, played nice emotive music. It's not because, you know, you've just been stirred emotionally. It's because the God of heaven, the God, of the, the God that created the universe, the God who made you, who breathed life into your body, the God who says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He is reaching out to you right now. And He says, would you turn to me? It's not about you. It's not about you striving. It's not about you hiding. It's not about you excusing yourself. It is about a God who says, I just love you so much. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. So cast your care upon Him. Cast your sin upon the cross. Become clothed in His righteousness. And it is that that gives us the confidence to know that God loves me and accepts me because my identity is not in my past and my failure and my sin. My identity now is in Jesus. If that's you this morning, while every head is bowed and while every eye is closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to cross that line of faith this morning. And I'm just going to ask you, it'll just be my eyes open and nobody else, would you raise your hand if you know God's speaking to you this morning? And I want to leave you in a very simple prayer. And then I'm handing over to Pastor Steve to wrap up the service. But if you're not in a right relationship with God and, and you just think, God's just tapping on my heart right now. And, and friends, you don't have to know all there is to know. All you've got to know is that God is speaking to me in a very real way right now. If that's you, would you just boldly raise your hand? I'll acknowledge it and you can put it straight back down again. Thank you. Anybody else here this morning? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Father, there's hands going up in this place, and that's awesome. And I know that you're doing a work in other people's hearts. And Father, for those people right now, I pray this prayer on their behalf. You just join me. There's no magic in this prayer. It is just a simple acknowledgement of what Jesus has done for me. And us saying, from this moment on, I want to live for you. So agree with these words, Lord Jesus. Thank you for speaking to my heart this morning. Thank you that I know now that you love and accept me in spite of my sin and my past and my failure. In spite of all the things that up until this point I felt have excluded me from a relationship with you, I see, God, that you made a way. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. And I cast my sin at the cross. And today is a new day. Jesus, I am asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. May your Holy Spirit take up residence in my life and begin to transform me, to change me from the inside out. I confess my need for you. I walk away from my old behavior, my past. Today is a new day and I trust you. I choose to trust you and follow you from this day forward. I give you my life and I receive that hope and that promise of eternity with a grateful heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to hand back to Pastor Steve. But, uh, I'm a visitor here this morning, as some of you are. And uh, so uh, 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 allow me to do this, Pastor Steve. But uh, I want to encourage you, if you are visiting here this morning, you can trust this church. You can trust this church. 
This is a wonderful church family, a wonderful fellowship. I know there is a lot of suspicion. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in the world around us where, you know, we we find it hard to trust, and particularly when it comes to the things of God. But I want to tell you, this is a safe place. This is a great church family to be a part of, and uh, that was not a paid endorsement. I just encourage you to learn to trust, and this is a safe place. God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to be with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Steve.